Chapter Sixteen of An Earthman on Venus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. An Earthman on Venus by Ralph Milne Farley. Chapter Sixteen. Cabot tells the world there on the same couch on which i had often caressed the princess i held in my arms her betrayer the lovely betha so soon does love forget so soon love does not forget casting aside the seductive betrayer of my princess i sprang to my feet resolving never to give up hope until i actually saw lilla's dead body and even then to remain true to her in death Betha's last chance had come and gone. She had played her last card and lost. Although it was now night, I at once called my aide and summoned a squad out of my own hundred, which had been retained as the king's bodyguard. Then, requisitioning a fleet of Kurtools, we set out for the imperial city, leaving Poblath with his former love, Betha tamer if you can and good luck to you was my parting admonition the trip was made in record time by the light of our flash lamps we found that the ruins were guarded by several hundred ant-men so we sent for reinforcements to be furnished in the morning and then we bivouacked for the night taking turns keeping awake and sniping at the enemy whenever they showed a light or came within the beams of ours Early in the morning a company of Cubians reported to me, and we at once began the assault of the ruins, carrying our objective with but little difficulty. Then came the individual fighting in the corridors, and in this the ant-men were not at so great a disadvantage. They ambushed our soldiers, they pushed rocks on them from above, and all in all they made away with half of our force before the remaining handful of defenders broke and fled from the city our survivors were put to work exploring the mangled body of queen formas was hailed with joy but no signs were discovered of either yori or lilla although occasionally we would come upon an enemy straggler and kill him finally on rounding a turn whom should i meet face to face but the ant-man who had let me go after i had rescued him from the woofus I recognized him at once. Yahoo, number 356-1-400. I hailed him. A life for a life. Nay, he replied, for you owe me nothing on that score. But if you will spare me, I will repay you well. Your life is already yours, I said. Then said he, I will lead you to the princess. I could have embraced the uncouth creature for joy, but suspecting a trap I gathered nearly a squad of my soldiers before following the ant-man. He led us into the subterranean depths of the city. Several times we had to remove fallen fragments which barred our way, and once we had to wait until explosives could be obtained to blast a passage, but at last we came within sight of an undamaged dungeon, where Lilla lay chained alive and well yet even as we hailed her through a crack in the debris we saw two ant-men enter the dungeon through another passage unchain the princess and carry her away 
quick as a flash i remembered my revolver and opened fire through the crack blasting one of her abductors but as i drew a bead on the other my weapon was knocked from my hand turning angrily i beheld our guide standing over me i fulfilled my bargain he said when i showed you the princess now i owe you no more those formians are my fellow-countrymen and i have saved one of them at least from the horrible death and lost me my princess i shouted angrily we were now surrounded by my squad with drawn rifles but they dare not fire for fear of hitting me i was at the mercy of our guide he had too much respect for the dum-dum bullets however and was easily hauled off of me and placed under arrest my men then proceeded to hack their way into the dungeon and we at once followed the trail of the princess this was not easy for the city was a total wreck a hundred ways presented themselves through which her captor might have crawled so we withdrew and threw a cordon around the entire city dispatching a few searching parties again into the interior this was made possible by additional reinforcements from headquarters as luck would have it the ant-man finally made his appearance with lilla held tightly in his jaws at the very point in the line of sentries where i happened to be instantly a dozen rifles covered him but he radiated the peremptory command stop put down your rifles put them down i ordered now he continued if a rifle is raised again i bite and the princess dies she lives only on condition that i am given safe passage with her as my prisoner once within our lines she will be treated well for she will prove a valuable hostage to support the demands of formis for a return to power formis is dead i objected one formis is dead he replied but there are always maggots which we can fatten to make a new queen at this point lilla interjected faintly bite o formian for i would die rather than betray my country but i said you may proceed not a rifle will be raised against you for the princess must be saved nothing however had been said about revolvers and evidently the ant-man was unacquainted with that weapon as he passed through our lines keeping a careful watch on the rifles of our sentries i fired my revolver from the hip and the ant dropped dead a moment later lilla was clasped safely in my arms tenderly we greeted each other she was parched and hungry and our first task was to give her food and drink which were easily found among the ruins then came explanations she had awakened to find herself in the dungeon about noon of the day before yuri had informed her that the cupian attack had been met and stopped and that airplanes were about to destroy kawana then he had been hurriedly called away and she had seen no one since she could hardly believe us when we told her that the attack had been a success that queen formis was dead and that the power of formia was broken for ever when she had rested i at once sent her home under guard in a curtool and myself proceeded to headquarters to learn how the war was progressing 
much as i longed to accompany her my first duty was to my adopted country to number three fifty six dash one dash four hundred before leaving i gratefully offered an honorable freedom in cupia but he scornfully replied that he would rather die fighting for his own country i respected his attitude and so gave him a safe conduct through our lines to rejoin his own troops later in the war his number was reported to me as being among the casualties at headquarters i found ha baba in fine spirits the power of formia was broken indeed watusa had fallen into our hands and with it a number of planes which thus were added to our steadily growing air force Curtools were patrolling all the roads shooting ant men at sight ha was particularly jubilant about what had happened at muni early on peace day the cupian students had somehow received word of what was afoot joining with the slaves they had slightly outnumbered the ant men there present and had captured the university after a fierce struggle thus preventing the ant men from removing or destroying the priceless gems of knowledge stored there when our vanguard arrived our students were already in control in the days that followed our advance progressed city after city fell into our hands in sufficient numbers and containing sufficient supplies so that we did not have to give any thought to the quartering or feeding of our men all that was necessary was a steady stream of ammunition proceeding from kawana to our outposts i had given strict orders that doggo and yuri were to be taken alive the former because i wished to spare him as a friend the latter because i looked forward with extreme pleasure to seeing him executed for treason but neither was captured the numbers of all dead ant-men were taken and turned in but doggo's number was not among them and to this day i do not know what became of him or of yuri it was my ambition to exterminate the entire race of ant-men from the face of poros with the single exception of my friend doggo but this wish was not to be gratified for as the formians retreated southward our lines of communication became more and more extended and our troops more and more undisciplined gradually the formians obtained rifles particularly from the two cities which had been bombed then they made a stand and sent out snipers and this netted them more rifles our people began to grumble the widows and orphans of the slain did not appreciate the honor which had been thrust upon them the sport-loving cupians in the field chafed under military restraint and demanded to be returned home to their games and a considerable number of the populace were even heard to say that two years slavery to formia was far better than a lifelong slavery in the army of a military dictator meaning the four or five weeks since the war had started so reluctantly king q concluded a new peace with what was left of formia a new pale was set up far to the south of the old formia had to bear the entire cost of the war ant-men were forbidden to carry arms or to enter cupia and all their airships were confiscated the kings of cupia reserved veto power over formian laws forever 
but king q wisely decided not to demoralize cupia by the introduction of formian slaves our university set up a branch at mooney in order that the glamour of that name might not be lost our bravest soldiers and our war widows were rewarded by grants of land and of city residences in the captured territory which almost completely alleviated the popular discontent not until the treaty was concluded did i return from the field the papers were signed in the same hall at mooney which had witnessed the degradation of cupia five hundred years ago for defeat is bitterest at the scene of a former victory as poblath remarked and on the occasion of the present treaty q surrounded by his generals and in the presence of the signatories was crowned king of all poros this idea by the way was due to poblath the philosopher and it won him a barsakar ship which came in very handy there was much decorating with medals and handing out of promotions needless to state the king made me a sarkar and the assembly not to be outdone voted to make me a winko or field marshal for life now marriage was possible between lilla and me and also between betha and poblath for betha had proven to be a good sport and had finally accepted him and as lilla had prophesied betha settled down and became a most quiet and domestic wife the proudest and happiest moment of my entire life was when upon the joining stand of kawana in the presence of the assembled multitude king q pronounced the words which made lilla my wife we spent our honeymoon camping out on a most beautiful rocky island in the middle of lake luno which nestled in the hills and surrounded by deep woods about a thousand stads to the northward of kuwana i had discovered the place by accident while on an airplane trip to an isolated mountain community immediately after the war for the purpose of conferring decorations on the first company which had stood its ground against the onslaught of the ant-men the walls of the island rise sheer some nine parastads from the water's edge save where in one spot a sloping lawn runs through a cleft on the rocks down to a sandy beach the interior of the island slopes gently from the cliffs down from all sides to a little pond in the centre and is about equally divided between lawn and stately grove here lilla and i plan to build here we spent many golden days swimming and fishing and climbing but mostly just looking into each other's eyes at our first dip in the water i was horribly embarrassed in the first place i had to shed my headset which always puts me at a disadvantage and in the second place my wings came unstuck and fell off and my matted hair exposed my ears so that i stood before her an earthman with all my horrible earthly deformities yet still she loved me our honeymoon was idyllic and ideal but all good things must end and we finally had to return to the city to take up my duties for added to my honors was a place in the royal cabinet as minister of play the former incumbent having died during my absence 
i have various projects in hand for my adopted country already a network of radio stations is going up throughout the land a systematic extermination of the whistling bee is under way by means of anti-aircraft artillery various earth devices are being tested out in our laboratories as fast as i can recall them to memory and i have resumed but with great precautions my experiments on the wireless transmission of matter in which work toron is assisting lilla and i occupy an old suite in the palace and entertain constantly among our most frequent guests are my old friend poblath and his completely tamed wife but often i wonder what has become of doggo and yuri in spite of present prosperity cupia is not safe if the renegade prince still lives on the planet but i hope that doggo survives and that we shall meet again fate now seems to be through with its hard knocks but happy as i am i occasionally wonder what is going on in dear old boston whether america's world war allies ever repaid the billions which they borrowed whether our country joined the league of nations in time to save the world from a second world war etc etc and i have a yearning to write home of course the obvious step for me was to attempt communication by radio so i built a particularly powerful sending set with long wavelength but the lack of any reply convinced me that my signals were not being received on earth so recently i got together my old committee of five hababa Butedin, jababa torin and myself and together we designed a super gun and a streamlined projectile and computed the necessary powder charge and principles of aiming so that we could shoot the projectile to the earth then i prepared this manuscript in quadruplicate with three of which copies i shall try to reach the world for this purpose each copy will be placed in a gold cylinder and be swathed in the fur of the fireworm that particular creature which dares to live almost at the edge of the boiling seas because its matted fur is the most perfect insulator against heat known on poros the swath cylinder will then be packed into the interior of the projectile and a covering put on especially calculated to resist the devouring heat of passage through the atmosphere of the two planets the projectile will be weighed its center of gravity will be determined and its moments of inertia will be tested the firing data being corrected accordingly it will be placed in the gun then at exactly the appointed time the gun will be discharged and may god speed my message on its way to you my earth brethren the end miles s cabot recording by john brandon end of an earthman on venus by ralph milney farley